Mm-hmm. I've always felt like I don't want to work for someone for the rest of my life. I want to set my schedule. I want to travel and have flexibility and have more access to the things that I want in life. And I think that the easiest way to do that is to work for yourself and to hustle. What's up, Millionaire University? Welcome back to another episode. It's me, Kirsten, and I'm bringing you some really good fire today. I have interviewed my friend, Sam Cram. She is an outstanding interior designer, and I've watched her grow from working for someone else, growing her own business, and I wanted to share her perspective, her stories on what it has taken for her to move out of this employee mindset into the entrepreneur mindset and what has gone into her building her own seven-figure business. Sam brings so much value. And if this is something you've been interested in, if you have a knack for design, if you've wondered, could I start my own design business? Where would I begin? How can I start making money? She brings in things that you definitely don't learn in a formal educational environment. I mean, we even go into that on one of the most impactful things that her university professor taught her when she was in school to become an interior designer. So many people come out of formal education and recognize very quickly that they were not taught the skills they needed to be a successful business owner. And Sam really shows what she needed to do and what she needed to understand in order to switch that and to become the owner of her own amazing design business. So we're going to get into all of the juicy details. She's going to share all the truth bombs and the way that she monetizes and one of the most impactful ways she makes money might surprise you. And it's something that you can easily start doing at a very scaled down version right now. I can't wait for you guys to listen and learn from Sam. So let's do this. Class is in session. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Millionaire University podcast. You have an incredible story, and I'm so happy that you took some time out of your insanely busy schedule to come and chat with me and share that with the amazing audience at Millionaire University. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. awesome. Yes, it is. So I know you through your mom primarily. So I've heard the mom perspective of what you've done in business, which is always raving reviews, right? It's just the amazing. My daughter is amazing. She's so talented. But then I've also, I've witnessed it firsthand and I've seen you grow and I've seen, I've known you for what, five or six years or so. And in that time, you have had a lot of progress. So I just want to first dive into what you do now, and then we can go into the backstory of how this all came to be and just give some people perspective on the business that you have and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I have interior design company here in Nashville and we full service top to bottom turnkey from the ground up all the way down to the flowers on the sofa table. So there's lots of things that happen throughout the whole project. And yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going on constantly. And yeah, so it's just residential interior design is what I do. And you're amazing at it. If you don't follow Sam, you will by the end of this, you are going to be so inspired by her designs because you do incredible work. So let's talk about, have you always had that eye for design? Has this been something you've been passionate about? Did you know in elementary school, high school, that you were going to be an interior designer? Or was that something that kind of came out of, oh, wow, this is what I could use my talents for? Yeah. So it's funny. So ever since I could remember, always had a knack for beautiful things in a home. I grew up with my grandmother. She has is a huge impact in where I'm at now. She was a designer all my life growing up and she always had beautiful homes and beautiful things. And she had clients as well. Like she had a full design business growing up. And I just kind of like took a lot of interest in that. And my dad had a lot of interest in it as well. And it was just constantly around me. And I knew that it was something that I loved doing, but I wasn't sure how I could make that into a career. I knew that if I was going to school, 
it was going to be stemmed from compassion. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly basically dialed in on one or two schools that had a great interior design program. I applied to Utah State. I got in and it was an extremely strenuous four years that I made it through. And it was a lot of work and people laughed at me. My family laughs and say, oh, you went to coloring school. <laughs> this is like not real school, whatever. And I came out of it super excited to start my career off. And I learned the technical skills to start off working for someone. And eventually, you know, of course, wanted to have my own thing going. So yeah, here we are now. But yeah, it was always around me. I would always rearrange my room growing up. I would put cardboard boxes upside down with a blanket on top like a side table because <laughs> I didn't have any new furniture in my room. I always had a knack for for design always. Yeah. Always, always, always. Well, the route you went down with school is something that not a lot of people do. They just go to school and they think I'll figure it out when I get there. It sounds like you already had the direction for to sure. know we're not going to waste our time. We're not going to go get a degree that's not going to be relevant to what I want to do. Right. And in the school of life, you have probably learned marketing and business. I know you have because your business literally, is successful. Literally, yeah. So, Do you feel like yeah. it was essential and that you gained a lot of relevant experience in school to be able to pursue the career you're in? Or do you think, because, and I want to go into for the next sure. stages, because then you started working mm -hmm. for people. Where did most of the growth come? Was it in hands-on experience or do you feel like you did build a strong foundation in the program? So I will say, so as a kind of a background of how I got going and got get started, you don't wake up one day and have million dollar homes you're working on. You obviously like work up to that and you have to gain like a lot of credibility and social presence and social media presence to seem like you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? When I graduated college, I moved to Newport Beach and it had no plan. Like really, I had not a lot of plans. I worked for an online company just doing e-design and I was paid pennies on the dollar it was like free labor honestly <laughs> so i worked for a company doing like online design for a long time and it wasn't paying the bills and so i contacted a designer out in california her name's becky owens she's amazing i started working for her in 2016 just being one of her designers so i worked with her for like a couple years and that job really taught me how to pull together full homes quickly but was a quick process of mm -hmm. getting designs out the door and into clients' homes. And it was that having that experience working for her for so many years and working with this online company, Havenly, I was just so used to just pumping designs like mm -hmm. so quickly. And I was studying and learning online companies and retailers so that I could look at a client's inspiration photo and see, oh my gosh, they love this type of wood tone and they love this boho style or they love this more modern style. And so I can go through and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to look at that website for, for interviews and look at this website. So it was easy for me to go through the projects quickly. And in this business, time really is money. I mean, a client is paying you hourly to get your designs done. And I laugh and say, oh, the design part of it is this much of the design process mm -hmm. because there's so much more that happens during the full scope of a project, the actual like pulling of the pieces and putting the home together and furniture and decor and all the things, that's such a small part of it. And mm -hmm. so learning how to do that quickly, I think has helped push me into having the kind of clients that I have that are paying a lot of money for design fee, but the time is way better spent focusing on more of the details and like the execution. If you can dial in getting that design process done quickly, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I learned a lot about that when I first started getting going. And I owe a lot of efficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Efficiency is so, so huge because the more, the, the quicker and the faster you can get these designs done and have the client happy, like the more projects you can take. And then that's how you scale and escalate projects and have bigger, better projects and have multiples and be able to have a team and have that kind of thing play after. So yeah, it took time. It doesn't take, it doesn't happen overnight. But I mean, I did that for four years before my business really started to take off. Okay. So let's talk uh, about that transition. So yeah, we start with school. Do you feel like it's essential that somebody go to school for design or do you feel like, okay, so that's a pretty crucial thing? Well, it's funny because I have people ask me like, oh, I'm interested in interior design. What do you think I should do? And as much as people probably don't like me to say this, like you, if you want to be successful in this business, you need to have technical skills and understand and know principles of design. Mm -hmm. Anyone can have an eye, but to understand space planning and how these programs work and how renderings work and understanding AutoCAD and Revit and all these programs that are so essential in scaling your business to a another level it really is so important because without knowing those technical skills, I would have never gotten my first job. Without those skills, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So yeah. now I've, I've gotten to a point where I hire that out. I'm not so much doing the space planning and the CAD work and the renderings. My time is better spent selecting all the furnishings and all my attention on the interior part. Mm -hmm. But you have to know the technical skills to an extent or else you're not going to be successful. Okay. And it's so it's super necessary. Is there trade schools think, that focus I mean, exclusively on like an interior design certification so. where you can oh. learn that? So it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a four year college. Because a lot of the philosophy yeah. here on MU is to graduate rich, not poor. And so many people go to school and they just end up in a ton of debt. And they don't actually have a skill that can right. take them into a career or starting a business. And so it sounds like as mm -hmm. long as you can gain those technical skills and not just go into it saying, well, totally. I know how to make a table look pretty, really to have the skill yeah. set to run a full on business, you need to have that foundation. But it's possible to do that in probably Absolutely. a variety of ways. I, I mean, I've seen just even courses like online courses, like all day of people teaching the principles that are needed for that. And maybe you don't need to go to a four year college. There's two year schools you can go to. There's technical nine month programs, I'm sure, out there. Yeah. But learning the principles, you just have to have a foundation to jump off of when you're wanting to have your own business or really trying to be successful in this industry. Yeah. So let's talk about the transition from you finish school, you start working for a pretty prominent designer, you're learning how to pull together a whole project. It's now not just the design, it's the entire picture of being a designer, having projects, working with clients. When did you know, and maybe it was a long time ago, but when did you know that you wanted to do this on your own terms in your own business? I think I always wanted to, I've always had a very entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like I don't want to work for someone for the rest of my life. I want to set my schedule. I want to travel and have flexibility and have more access to the things that I want in life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the easiest way to do that is to work for yourself and to hustle, right? Yeah. And do what? whatever you can to set yourself up for the future. And that's, you know, what I try, what I'm trying to do. I will say, I think it really hit me when I started to realize, oh my gosh, I am getting paid. I mean, at first, before I was working for a designer, I was working for an online company. I think I was getting paid $20 a design, mm -hmm. right? And when I realized this company, basically whatever I'm sourcing for this client that I'm getting paid $20 for, this company is profiting thousands of dollars off of whatever they buy. Yeah. 
And it really clicked to me. This feels a little, it's all business, but it seems a little unsafe where you're kind of like, okay, I am working basically for free and handing handing you tons of money and in, in markup and furniture. But yeah, it really hit me where I was like, oh my gosh, there has got to be another way where I can charge modest amount of a design fee and the furniture is then purchased through me and then I'm getting a percentage on what that furniture sale is. So yeah. that's a huge part of the business. And it's funny because they don't teach you that in school. Yeah. And I think looking back, it might have been intentional because I think when people understand how much money is on the table, that's when they make the switch from working for someone to working for yourself. Because in school, they're teaching you to be an employee forever. Interesting. And you See, that, that right there yeah. completely aligns with the messaging here on the show and just what we're trying, yeah. the philosophy yeah. here. Because I think that's true. A lot of times education, while it can give you the skills, Absolutely. you're definitely being pushed yeah. through a, a machine where mm-hmm. you have an employee mindset and you having that innate desire to have the entrepreneur side of things, mm-hmm. you quickly saw the bigger picture. And I'm sure a lot of people never oh, do immediately, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was instant. It felt like, okay, I'm putting together this beautiful bedroom and this person is paying $15,000 for all this furniture. And I realized, oh my gosh, they I want to be the one so table and I yeah. want to cut that. Yeah. Like I want a part of that because I feel like that is deserved and earned, especially when you're selling, you're essentially selling that product, right? Mm-hmm. You're selling it to the client. But yeah, it was a very quick realization for that. My professor, his name is Darren. He's, he's amazing. He, we were designing and I was struggling with something and I had asked him, oh, Darren, like, how do you make money in this business? How, oh, I just have to work for someone for the rest of my life. That's not the kind of lifestyle that I want. And he looks at me and he goes, furniture mm. and i said what do you mean he goes we'll find it and he shakes his head and like walks off and looking back on that i'm like okay he what he meant by was understanding the furniture side and how that can just scale so massively and so quickly if you had that understanding and i laugh looking back and thinking well why didn't they teach us that and for whatever reason we didn't really have a class or a semester that like heavily focused on that so i started to start my own thing up Back in 2017, and I started off by just doing e-designs where I was charging a small amount, but then it was like, okay, whatever I'm sourcing for you, I'm purchasing that for you. And I do extend designer discounts to my clients, so it makes, it sweetens a deal on both sides. But for a lot of people, it's convenience, right? Like, you can give me a design, yeah. and I know personally, you can give Mm -hmm. me a design, and then I would say, well, where in the heck do I find all of these things? And I'm going to go and try my hardest to match, and I could probably Google it, but at the same time, I'm not going to know... The quality of the furniture, I'm mm-hmm. not going to know where it's coming from. I'm not going to understand how to pull it all together. So that's where you become totally. even more of an asset, not just on the concept, but on the actual execution. And so that's how business works. You have a product, you add a markup mm-hmm. to it because you're providing the service of bringing the product into the home. Mm-hmm. And I know that was like a huge, whoa, aha moment. I remember like your mom and I talking about that on what some of these designers are making just even on... Oh, yeah. Affiliate links yeah, for these products crazy. and things like that. Oh, my gosh. It's a whole other realm of your income. So mm-hmm. you realize there's so much money here on the table. Was it an overnight success? Get rich quick. Okay, well, I'm just going to start posting stuff online and then mark it up. What went into that? Because I know a lot of times we see these shiny objects, this opportunity, but you still had so much that you needed to do to create the credibility to have the clients, which is where a lot of that technical, I'm sure, working for someone else built you up for that. So how did we transition? Because you were working for Becky, you were you had a little odd jobs, and then you were building your own thing, doing the e-designs. And then how did it grow yeah. and continue into that next phase? Because now you're pretty, you're pretty in it. Like, yeah, you're doing really well. Yeah. Well, thanks. 
I will say I, I was working for Becky still pretty like full time. Like she was helping me pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest. Like I was working enough, but I was taking e-design projects on the side, right? Where I was charging 500, 700 a room and maybe I was making five or $800 on in furniture markup or whatever. But how it started transition for me was when honestly, like I had a lot of clients from home. I mean, I had a lot of friends and family who I was helping for free, right? Mm-hmm. And my sole focus at that time was social media. And I really wanted to dial in my Instagram. I wanted people to look up a hashtag or look up just interior design or whatever. And I wanted to be able to pop up on someone's Instagram and think and and look very credible. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the beginning, a lot of my feed was inspiration photos mm-hmm. of like work that I felt was similar to mine that can coincide. And I would fill in mood boards and whatever content that I could have from projects or even my own home. A lot of my early photos and stuff that I'd put out there were of my own house. And they would just post as much as possible. And I would take whatever I could get for design, mm-hmm. for for projects. And I'd use the content that I'd make for those projects into my social media feed. And then that eventually started to grow and see, okay, now I have a project that I feel like is at the level where I can hire a photographer, come in and shoot the project. And then I can get another hundred photos of a project to have that content to continue to like scale and bigger. Mm-hmm. So I will say I've not paid a penny for marketing or advertising. It's all been word of mouth and Instagram is how I've been able to grow. And I have a few clients off the top of my head that I could basically owe my career to because without them, they... But without them, I don't know where I'd be. But that also required you to do a great job with the project and to treat it with the utmost of care. And I know that you have a great attention to detail. So for somebody wanting to start a business like this, what would you say are some of the most essential ingredients for success? So maybe you're designing, maybe you're Mm -hmm. in the early stages or you're trying to build your own thing. What do you feel like is essential to be successful with your own interior business? Well, first of all, I think you need to just wake up every day and be passionate about something. Mm -hmm. I think that without a passion, you're not going to get very far. I think having that constant goal every day of this is where I'm going to be. I'm working towards this and taking the steps that are needed because no one's going to go from A to B immediately, right? Mm -hmm. You have to go through all the different steps in order to get there. And so for me, that's taking care of clients day to day, staying on top of things. That's being kind and being understanding and not losing your cool on clients as much as sometimes things are out of your control. This business is a lot of relationships with people in the industry. that We're part-time therapists, part-time accountant, part-time <laughs> financial planners. You put on a lot of hats when you're in this business and you have to just, you learn it as you go and you just pivot where you, where you need to and it all tends to normally work out for the most part. Yeah. Over the years, so. Well, it has worked out really well for you. And I know that you talked about I don't know if it's 2023 or 2022 being like a seven figure year, right? Yeah. That's last huge. year. Yeah. We, yeah. It's huge. It was, I had some really amazing full home projects and yeah, our, our sales revenue was over a million dollars that, that year just through furniture sales and other types of jobs that we were working on throughout the project. And it was huge. I'm super blessed and. It hasn't always been that way. At first, I think my total business was like 15000 I made that year. Like it was nothing, mm-hmm. like nothing. And you just get to a point where if you get a couple really amazing people who are trusting you with their home and clients, that will set you up for so much success. And I feel like I got lucky there because I 
But you know, maybe it's luck. Maybe it's uh, just luck is you know, when opportunity kind of put in your dues. Yep. That's when it meets like your hard work yeah. meets opportunity. That's really where luck comes in. So it sounds like from yeah. everything you said, you need to have pretty good vision. You need to have a why. You need to have a purpose that's bigger than just making money. Mm-hmm. You need to have grit because it's not going to be an overnight thing. You're going to have to put in the time, put in the reps. It's going to be hard. Yeah. You'll cry yourself to sleep at night. There have been a lot of times where I'm like, I want to just, I want to walk away from this project. Like, mm-hmm. I just, things are going to go wrong and you have to be able just to put it past you, move forward. We always said no one's dying here. Mm-hmm. Things can get fixed. Things are going to happen. Mistakes are going to be made, but it's having the professionalism to fix it. Look back, apologize and move forward and Gave hopefully with the right kind of client. Yeah. yeah, you can navigate that with your client and end on a good note and have a good relationship with that client. This is definitely not for the faint of heart from what it sounds like. But I am also seeing on social media the fruits of that labor. And so I want to just end on a a note that's inspiring to somebody who does have this inclination. They do think that they want to have their own business. They see the money opportunity. They would love to be able to have a seven-figure year doing something that they love. I think of in terms of clients, right? So if Mm -hmm. I can secure, let's just say, one client a month, one new client a month, I know that that type of client is going to yield not only this design fee, but if I'm taking on that client, there's an expectation there that they are going to be spending a certain amount for insurance. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's having the clients that have the budgets and have the trust to basically say, okay, I trust you with the home. Here's what we want to spend. Here's my inspiration. Go with it. Having those clients are super important because then you're, you're then feeling like, okay, if I can just replicate that over and over, that's a lot of business and income. Mm-hmm coming down all the time. Now, what's where I'm trying to be right now with growing my business is I am hiring a design assistant who can help me stay organized, stay on top of things, run errands for me, help me with my social media. But if I get to a point where I have designers who are doing the same thing that I'm doing, that is when you start to multiply and when you start realizing, okay, I can easily bring in $100,000 in a month in profit Mm -hmm. if I really know how to escalate this. And And I'm not saying that that's easy to do because that's a ton to try to reach within a month. But big firms are doing more than that every month. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are firms who are doing that in just design fees every month. And so it's it's understanding where the money is at, which is in your design fee because that secures paying your employees and paying yourself. But it's having the furniture side understood and knowing how the business side works with that is how you really start to escalate and where you start feeling like, okay, this is this type of client. Now, if I can get a, a bigger client who has a bigger budget, we're sourcing from bigger vendors who have larger markups and we're doing more quantity. And so we're getting better bottom lines, red lines on all the furniture. So the business for interior design ultimately really is to understand and fully know how furniture works and how markup works and understanding how to strategically source certain product for certain jobs that are going to yield income for you. Yeah. So that's amazing. And I love that it's, it was a, amazing. it's a virtual, not a virtual thing, but you don't have to have the overhead cost of having a store. I know that's like on your vision board, I think something that you would love to have eventually. Mm-hmm. But even just being able to start simple with understanding the markups on furniture, and it sounds like that's a huge component in success with interior huge. design. Yeah. You could probably do really well just selling designs, right? There's draftsmen, there's people who know CAD and they can get on there and they oh, can yeah. sell plans mm-hmm. for houses or design work. But you're talking the big money is really where you understand how to take those uh-huh. people who flip secondhand couches and even that you mark something oh, yeah. up and you can make a great profit or even just understanding how to build the empire. If I'm understanding this right, is being able to bring all those skills together, 
have the full functioning company that can operate and be able to produce the entire project. But most of the profitability in those projects is not coming from the time is money. It's coming from understanding the value of your products. Working smarter. Yeah, working smarter, not harder. And you even posted on social media, your brain is like an encyclopedia or a dictionary. You know, you can see something, (laughs) you know exactly where it came from. No, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's a huge, that's what you would say maybe is your most valuable asset in the success that you've had and the money that you've made. Yeah. And it's going to furniture markets. There's markets throughout the country multiple times a year, going and understanding the vendors and having relationships and, and how the business works. The more you purchase with a vendor, the steeper discounts you're getting as a designer. So then that's the higher markup Mm -hmm. margin that you're making when you're reselling it to clients. So it's understanding that business side of it and not only, you know, the furniture, but if you were to ever want to be like a general contractor, like you can mark up your trades, right? So there's, there's lots of areas where you can mark up maybe cabinetry or have small in your contract agreed upon percentages as like your finder's fee for these trades, right? So I've done that in the past where I'm using my painter or my tile guy or whatever, and I'm adding a small percentage, modest percentage, but if I am being hired, then I'm hired with the knowledge and the assets that kind of follow me. Yeah. So having those relationships locally, wherever you're working in this business, are super, super valuable when someone's coming to hire you. When you recognize that just being a facilitator and being able to create the whole entire thing is actually extremely valuable, then why not get paid even more to be the one who's already vetted this person and knows the quality of work and you know that if they want this outcome, this specific outcome, the only way that you can almost guarantee the results that they want is by using the team that you build. So I think a lot of people love to hear about the numbers and what's possible and the potential when it comes to any type of business. And I think it sounds very complex, like there's a lot of moving parts. But if somebody wanted to start very simply, even with a furniture business, having something like I know you and your mom started Style Storehouse and you're selling Mm -hmm. beautiful sofas. And so what's the path that you would recommend somebody to go down if they want to look into reselling furniture or learning how to mark things up and understanding the value and doing that research. It's funny because I, everyone jokes that I am this like, so manifesting, right? Everyone talks about manifesting and how like you need to envision what you what you want in your life and then keep on thinking of it and then eventually you'll get there. So it's the show to my family that I will manifest certain things from my home. So when I bought my house three years ago, it was a complete remodel. And we had no money. Okay. We were newlyweds. We had no money. We barely had enough money to pay our little handyman to make the house livable. And it was a big house. We had gone from an apartment to, to a big house. So I started looking on Facebook marketplace for furniture and I would just be on there every day looking for something that I slightly love for my home. And over time, I started to develop this love for Facebook marketplace. Well, what ended up happening was I would find something. I'd find a sofa. I'd buy it for $300. I'd get it in my house and I'd be like, oh, I don't really like it. And I'd turn around and I'd be like, this is valued way more. I'd go and sell it for six or seven on marketplace and they'd make a profit. Yeah. So someone who is really trying to make an extra buck or maybe you're wanting to get into the furniture thing. I'm telling you, there is so much furniture that I bought on marketplace for $100 that sat in my house for a year and I ended up selling it for 300 like a year later. Yeah. So having not flipping furniture, I think flipping is a lot of refinishing furniture and cleaning up a sofa, which there is, there's a ton of money in that. But it's funny because if you have a good eye and if you know how to style it in your house, take something off the internet, off Facebook Marketplace that's super cheap, put it in a house, style it beautifully, turn around and sell it and make a commission. Mm, so it's if you're wanting to just like start small. Yeah. So it's positioning. Yeah, it's I mean, just having a good eye to make it look really yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. Putting a pretty pillow on the couch or have 
artwork or a lamp or rather than just someone randomly on their iPhone taking a junky photo, it just presents itself differently. Yeah. And that goes for really anything in the business. If you're, it all comes down to presentation. Mm-hmm. This joke in my, with my grandmother, when we're doing a big family dinner, right? It's all about presentation. She always says presentations, everything. People are going to eat it if it looks beautiful. Yeah. Same thing goes for homes and decor. I and mean, you're trying to sell a design to someone and you're wanting them to purchase the furniture that you're trying to sell them. Well, it comes down to how you're, how you're presenting it to them, right? Yeah. So same thing comes down to if you're trying to resell silly furniture on Facebook Marketplace or if you're wanting to scale up bigger and how real furniture that you're, that you're creating or making or whatever and trying to sell it really comes down to photography and how you're presenting it. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, Mass, you yeah, said that it's the case yeah. with all sales. It's when I do marketing yeah. for clients in my business, it's a huge component of what is going to make people feel something and make them want this and make them resonate with it. And that's really all we're doing. It's not tricking mm-hmm. people into wanting something. It's it's appealing to those different levels of need and desire. And so just seeing the couch when you can't give people vision who maybe aren't visionary, like I am not. But if I see it in Sam's yeah. house, I'm going to want it. Most people aren't. Yeah. yeah. That's, right. that's huge. No, it's true. We all laugh from afar at these influencers that are just branding tons of stuff for these. Pro- well, it at the end of the day, don't you want to buy it because they're selling it and they make it look good? Mm-hmm. It is the same when that's you're selling worked. furniture. It really... It really, yeah, it really comes down to, okay, wow. Like I've had a lot of people say, where did you get that chandelier or where did you get that pillow or where, where can I get that bedding? And it's because of the way that I guess I have styled it that mm-hmm. people feel like, okay, I feel like I can, that in my home now because of how she's photographed it or showed it off or whatever. So, yeah, you know, having that skill set and perfecting it. I mean, I started off by taking my design, my projects on my iPhone. iPhones have come a long way. I would photograph beautiful rooms and even home spaces in my home or my apartment even, but off my iPhone. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have a fancy camera to get started. And I think there's so, so many different paths that people can go down when it comes to pursuing an interest like this with design. We've talked about the huge picture of having all of the technical skill sets to be able to provide the full service, but even somebody who's looking to do this as a side hustle, they have that inclination, they do know how to make things look beautiful, it sounds like you could even start on a pretty simple route with just positioning things and understanding, yeah. even doing a little research sure. on where to purchase stuff and just reselling is a huge opportunity. Sales is always going to be a business that anybody can do if they're willing to put in the reps and willing to learn how to create the desire and understand the market and how they can source the products. And so not to simplify down what you do, because you have put so much energy and research and time into having the big business that's going to scale to eight and probably nine figures one day. But somebody who's wanting like some side One cash day. or to start doing something. Absolutely. This is such an approachable way. And that's a kind of a simple way to get started is just grasp those things, understanding how to position, understand how to value things and understand how to source them. And you can have a small little business. If you want to do all the big things, you can. You can have the full functioning company like Sam. And if you're trying to like really start off, if you're designed, OK, I want to do it. I want to start an interior design firm. I want to be serious. The first thing that someone needs to do is book a flight to either Vegas or High Point to go to the furniture market. That's where you're going to have the most, I mean, it's like Disneyland for designers because <laughs> you're seeing thousands, you're never going to see all of them, but there's thousands of showrooms that are just full of beautiful furniture and then the buzz and, the, and everyone's just so excited. Once you're there, you feel like, oh my gosh, it's like the reset. Like I try to go at least once a year. It happened twice a year, but Going to Vegas or High Point and or Atlanta or Dallas, there are, are so many things you can even learn just by going to market. Even if you're young and you're just out of school, go with your best friend or go with your mom to just 
see and experience it because it's like undescribable what you will learn by just having conversation and networking with people and understanding like the different different vendors and setting up accounts and having them available to you. It's just it's super fun. And so I would say if you're just waking up and wanting to start an interior design business, go to market, start asking questions. I mean, I remember early on, I I had a mentor. Her name's Brittany Simon. She's amazing. She's so great. I remember we connected off Instagram. She was like, hey, let's chat on the phone sometime. I'll never forget. She called me and she was like, you're going to make it. Like You're going to go somewhere. I can tell because of the way that you are passionate about this, the way that you want to scale, the way you want to make this business something bigger. I go back to that and think, you know what? She believed in me when I was doing e-designs. When Mm -hmm. I was just out of college and I was asking her the same questions you're asking me, like, how do I scale? How do I get the clients? How do I do this? And she said, here are some tools that I can offer. Here's a copy of my agreement, my contract. Here's how I do things. Having that really helped me gain the confidence with other things too. But I'll never forget, she really instilled, you are good enough to do this mm-hmm. job. The belief system which is really that had important. to be there. Yeah, yeah. the base of yeah. everything you've done. Because yeah. I think that the truth is you can learn the skills, but really the implementation and the grit that you have to mm-hmm. make it full circle is a totally different thing. So, and I think people listening to this, reaching for multiple six figures, a seven figure business, that is really the key to success. You know, it's the belief, it's the willingness to continue to be adaptable as you're growing and willing to learn new things. You went to school, you learned all the essential things for design. And it sounds like you've learned the bulk of what you've done to be successful and make all the monies after going to school and learning all of the tools to pull it together to be profitable. Yeah. Because school did yeah, teach you how absolutely. to design so you could sell designs. But in the school of life, you learned how to build a business, build an empire. Sam does have the lifestyle that she set out for that's not the employee mindset lifestyle. It's definitely the entrepreneur lifestyle. You're traveling constantly. You're living an amazing life from the outside looking in. It's pretty much dreamy. And you are oh. <laughs> you're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. Your house is beautiful. <laughs> like You're living in full immersion and what you love. And I'm sure that's a big reason that people love to work with you because you really do have a core passion, which is one of the other essential ingredients. You, Like you said, you have to love what you're doing. You have to have a bigger passion for it. And that's what feeds into so much success. So many good lessons and nuggets here in this. Thank you so much for sharing it with our listeners. And thanks for having me. Yeah. If they want to come see your work, if they want to follow along with your journey, where do they find you? So my Instagram is samcramdesign and my website is samcramim.com. Love it. So you'll have my portfolio on my website. And then my Instagram is where I put a bulk of my content out. Well, thanks again for hanging out with me. And for the rest of you guys listening, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much again, Sam, for that amazing episode, bringing so much candid value to the world of Millionaire University. I think it just goes to show again that even if you have formal education, if you're trying to follow the traditional route or you have followed that route, that that's not the end. There's so many opportunities for you to take the employee mindset that you've had over the course of however many years and transform that. So if you have that itch for entrepreneurship, if you want to have your own business, there's always a way to transition into something that you have full creative control over. And I love that even though Sam was pretty forthcoming about her need for formal education, she can also admit that there's so many unconventional ways to gain the knowledge necessary to be successful at anything that you have a passion for. And also love that she led with passion. That's truly what's going to make you successful. So simply finding a way just to make money and pay the bills is not going to be enough to keep you going when it's hard, when you have clients that are difficult, when you're still trying to figure things out and you're exhausted and you don't want to show up. So having that passion, having that purpose and that eye on the prize and understanding the work that's going to go into building something of your own, 
if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So I love that she brought the perspective. There's so much honesty and truth that came from this episode. So I hope you guys learned a lot and that you are excited about just more ways and opportunities that you can turn skills and passions into profits. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll see you on the next one.